The time is 9.21. You're listening to the voice of Lovelyn Wadei. And yes, it is Night Talk. We've reached my favorite part of the show where we're going to be talking to a South African that is doing great things. Honestly, I must say, this is uh, it's always great for me to talk to people that are doing really awesome things just as ordinary individuals and making it happen for themselves. So for this part of tonight's show, we're going to be talking to Ndombentle Katwane. And she is the founder of Afro Botanics and also Bala Africa Publishing. So she um, heads up these two companies um, and Afro Botanics focuses more on uh, locally produced natural hair care products um, and then Bala Publishing focuses on publishing for, for kiddies. So that's quite exciting. Dombi, it's absolutely amazing to have you on the show this evening. Good evening. Good evening and thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. It's really, really awesome. So, I mean, I want to delve right into it and I really want to start with the... Um, you know, with the natural hair aspect of it. And and I'll tell you why um, later on as we go on in the show. But, I mean, just tell us a little bit of, of what you do. What is Afrobotanics about? When did you start it? Why did you start it? Go forth. Okay. Afrobotanics um, manufactures natural hair care and body care products. And we manufacture out of our factory in Midrand. And our products are currently... Well, our flagship products, which are hair care products, are currently found in game clip stores and uh, pick and pay stores. I started in ten in Northbridge, where I was living at the time. Um, I'd been working in government for eight years, and I was really feeling bored, redundant, and just stagnant in my life. And I wanted a change, and I thought I should take the leap into entrepreneurship. Um, I ventured into a few, you know, tried a few things, and. My whole thing was I didn't want to start the normal thing, like the boutique or the hair salon, as most mm. of, most of us do. I wanted to do something big, like a manufacturing concern that would be a continental brand that competes and wins over market share from international brands. And I eventually stumbled across the hair care business because I've always been passionate about hair anyway. But it was an idea I got from my grandmother who had natural hair, who always mixed her own things. And I saw her doing that. And I was like, wow, is your hair, like, relaxed, blown out? Why is it so soft? Because <laughs> mine is so coarse and hard and brittle all the time. And I'd never had my hair natural as a result. So I'd always had either dreadlocks or I'd relaxed it or permed it. And she showed me how to mix, like, aloe vera gel with marula oil, which is easy to find where she lives. And her hair was amazingly soft. And I tried it on my hair eventually after I'd cut off my relaxed hair and started growing my own afro. And it was amazingly soft. So at first I thought, okay, I'd do this DIY thing every weekend, mix my own stuff. And I was like, no, it's not who I am. I don't want to DIY every weekend. (laughs) If I'm having this problem, surely other women would love to have their natural hair. so I thought, you know, it's a, business, it's a business that makes sense. And I entered a business competition called Pitch and Polish, um, run by Alan Ray. And I somehow won that competition. And I got to go to the United States and meet um, an, a woman who's running a natural skincare business. And she sort of like became a mentor. She introduced me to dermatologists, trichologists, and I researched, came up with how I want my, um, my formulations to be. Because mm. I thought... Maybe the best thing would be to import from the States because the States already had the whole natural hair, mm. natural product movement going. But then I was like, first of all, their hair is a bit 
different from ours. It's a bit yes. softer ours naturally. And also, hey, this is a business idea I've actually been waiting for, that I've been trying for. Um, so when I came back, I decided this is what I want to do. Um, I found an, um, a local formulator to help me formulate the products. And I then resigned from government and I used my pension money to start the business. And yeah, it's been a long journey that from 2011 to 2015 when we finally got into retail. Um, but yeah, this is where we are now. Wow, that's I mean such a a really really cool story. So I mean you've you've touched on a lot of things, and I just want to go back to the beginning of your story, which was you know your encounter with your grandma and and what she was doing with her hair, and then you started you know doing the DIY thing. So it's interesting that you raised that. So currently I've got my hair in braids, um, but I decided last year, uh, last year around October that I was also going to go natural. So after taking my braids out in in October November, I decided I'm done with relaxing my hair i'm gonna go natural and i think for me one of the biggest challenges is um you know the journey to transitioning your hair from you know relaxed or chemically treated to natural it's such a labor of love because it takes so much effort um and of course you have to figure out what oils and what products are 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 best for your hair so i mean at this stage i found that coconut oil has been amazing for my hair um but you know that's just to to get it soft but in terms of actually helping it to have that like texture where i don't even know how to translate that (laughs) but getting that texture for my hair for me has been such a struggle so when i heard about you guys i was like this is awesome I need to actually try your products as soon as my braids um, come out. In any case, I mean, I'm rambling, but I want to just go back to the conversation you had with with your grandmother because, I mean, on your website, there's a, a very beautiful story around that and how for you it was about honoring generations of African women and age-old beauty traditions that were derived in a sustainable manner from natural sources around the continent. Um, so, I mean, I, wanna, I want you to maybe share a bit more with us uh, on a personal level for you what your natural hair care journey has, has been, how you've experienced that. Yeah, so it's interesting that you say how it's a labor of love, it's so much work. For some reason, um, you know, as black women, we've come to think of hair and view hair as something that should happen quickly. Mm. We should rush through in the morning, should, you know, you, we, we don't mind spending time on our skincare routine, like doing the toning and the washing and the moisturizing of our, you know, makeup and foundation. But for some reason with hair, it, it became the opposite. Whereas women in Africa for generations, well, for centuries before the advent of relaxers, used to spend time it was it was a a loving bonding moment Mm. for women who spend time doing each other's hair and hair was a lot of things you know hair meant status to women It, it it signified what culture you're from your station in life whether you were a young woman or you're a married woman like i'm swazi and Mm. One of the things, as a Swazi woman, once you get married, for instance, and I think Zulu women as well, Ufaga is tall. Nowadays, it's tall as a hat. You know, people buy it tall. Whereas back in the days, it was actually formed using your hair. Women wow. grow, were able to grow their natural afro hair so big that it would be able to then be shaped into, you know, the form of a sikolo. Um So... When I was doing my grandmother, it took like an hour. Um, us talking and she was talking me through 
how to do this and what kind of, you know, there are all different oils. I can't even translate them into English um, because <laughs> she's always been, you know, a herbalist of form. Mm. Um, and I realized that, you know, we've always had this wisdom um, as Africans and it's time for us to honor that and to honor it in terms of our beauty as well because African people always saw themselves as beautiful. Um, they never had any doubt about that. So my journey was all about that as well, understanding that I am beautiful as I am. I am enough as I am. Um, all I have to do is just nurture and love my hair. I can't change it. No, science doesn't allow me to change the texture of my hair. It can't be straight and full and flowy. Um, it, it will break eventually if I do that. Um, so it, it was all a journey of love, of coming to understand that this is who I am. I'm beautiful as I am and I'm enough. Um, so that's what my whole my whole natural hair journey has been. But it's also understanding that I've come to realize that it's not just women relax their hair or perm their hair, not because they hate themselves. It's not a self hate yeah. thing, mm. but it's just a whole convenience thing where we've come to not honor the fact that our hair is part of our beauty and our appearance. It's an extension of who we are. Um, but yeah, that's my my view of natural hair and the whole um, black hair perspective. Mm. Thanks for that, Ndombi. So, for our listeners, if you've just joined the conversation, we're talking to Ndombi Ntle Katwane, and she's the founder of Afro Botanics, and it's a local, uh, a local natural hair care and beauty, um, beauty products as well. They, they produce these products for natural hair and looking after your body as well. Um, and, you know, we're just talking through the experience of transitioning your, your natural, your relaxed, your chemically treated hair to natural hair, and also talking through her own journey, how she she set up her business um, and what her own journey has been uh, in terms of familiarizing herself with her natural hair. So if you are interested in joining this conversation, feel free to give us a call on 21 Double four six zero five six seven. If you're calling from Cape Town, and O double one double eight three zero seven zero two. If you're calling from Johannesburg, you can also SMS us your own thoughts, your own stories around this on three one seven zero two or three one five six seven. And of course, you can tweet us at Cape Talk or at Radio seven zero two. So, in Tombi, continuing our conversation. Um, you know, I think it's so beautiful that you shared that, you know, really the, the reality behind hair is that it's, it's as much a personal thing as it is political, as it is cultural, as it is economic. Um, and as you said, there is a, a lot around the, the convenience component of it. So it is difficult to spend your whole weekend mixing oils and, and, and putting them in your hair, then conditioning, then washing it out, then doing the next round of it. And so obviously your business has, has, added to making this slightly more convenient. Um, so if you want to, I mean, you can tell us a little bit about the kinds of products specifically that your, that your, um, that your business is offering. Cause I see there are all these little bottles. Like I went through your, um, your, your shopping, your store online. Um, it's all these little bottles and little containers, which also makes them easy to, to carry around. Can you share a little bit with us around that? So we have a whole range, um, of products starting from a sulfate-free shampoo, um, which is the kind of shampoo that doesn't strip um, the natural oils, but it does cleanse your hair thoroughly. Um, because as black hair, it's naturally dry. You know, black hair, because mm. it's curly, it's naturally dry. So mm. you try not to strip the moisture, the natural moisture that's there. So we have a sulfate-free shampoo. Then we have two different types of conditioners. Um, the black pearl conditioner, which is 
a bit, um, it's, you know, you can use it on a daily basis. Um, and then we have a deep penetrating conditioner, which you use to um, treat your hair and really give it a, a moisture boost. Um, then we have a treatment as well, which is a protein-based treatment to strengthen and repair your hair because our hair is, is a protein. Um, hair is dead and mm. if you damage it, it's difficult to repair it. But if you replenish um, protein, you at least give it a longer a longer life. Um, mm. So a protein treatment is good and is a must in your in your hair care regimen um, throughout the month. Mm. Then we have leave and conditioners, moisturizers, and then we have hair butters and oils, which help to lock in um, the moisture. What I've also um, what I learned also when I was researching is that you know. Um, it's all good and well to do and mix things at home, but then, mm. you know, hair is the fiber, so it requires a certain size of molecule to be able to enter the hair to deposit either nourishment or moisture. Mm. I love the ingredients we have at home are actually too big to actually impact the hair. That's why at some point, even though you DIY, it's better to use a properly formulated product like a conditioner which is formulated with enough with small enough molecules which are able to penetrate the cuticle of your hair and actually deposit moisture. Um, so, you know, it's nice to mix your butters and your oils, but it's also mm. good to then have a proper formulated conditioner or proper formulated um, treatment to that mix. Wow, that's quite interesting. So you see, those of us who are at home just mixing coconut butter, uh, coconut oil and shea butter and olive oil, it's good to know these things. And I suppose part of your journey in, in, in learning these things and, and, and being exposed to this is that you, it's, it's strange, right? Because the hair is on your head and it's with you your whole life, but it's so distant from your, like your, your understanding. Are we, understanding yes the way we understand it is is so distant as if it's something exotic and foreign that isn't on your head you know (laughs) so it's yeah yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing i see we've got a caller on the line um so we're going to take a call and and just hear her perspectives hi yaya hi yes go ahead yeah go ahead um i had your surname and you i got curious because i have the exact surname Okay. Hello. I'll ask her. Do you want yes. to respond to that in Dombi? Yeah, sure. I mean, where's she from? <laughs> um, my family is originally from Mozambique, um, but we're here now, and we have relatives in Swaziland. Are we related? <laughs> yeah, I was born in Swaziland. Cool. I know that. Is it? Um, I have a chieftainship in Mozambique. I haven't been oh, yes. to Mozambique, but something oh. I want to teach her, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, she's family. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and I'll buy your product. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Yaya. Well, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> well, that's good. It's a small world. Um, so continuing the conversation, uh, Ndombi, I wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, just for people who are actually in that process of growing out their natural hair, one of the big questions is always, should you cut your hair before you grow it out or should you let it grow out until, you know, you get as much of it all nice and curly at the bottom and then you cut the smallest bit at the end that's relaxed? What do you think about that? 
Um, transitioning, it's really a personal choice because there are people who are not able to live without, you know, a, a reasonable amount of hair on their head. Obviously, mm. the best thing would be to sort of like cut your hair and start over, over with the, you know, the one texture. It's difficult to to manage the two textures of relaxed hair and mm. curly hair. But at the end of the day, if you want to transition and grow your afro out, the most important thing for you to do is to um, deep condition so that you soften your the afro so that it's easy to manage as much as your your um, relaxed hair to deep condition and then to moisturize and also there's always the danger of once your your relaxer grows out and you've got more um textured hair there's always the, the difficulty of managing tangling um and mm. once you find yourself pulling out your hair to detangle mm. so deep condition and moisturize and seal in that moisture. So I'd recommend, for, for instance, the person who's transitioning to have a very good conditioner, to have a very good leave-in conditioner, and to have a very good hair butter, which, you know, after you use after leaving your leave-in conditioner to keep your hair moisturized all day. Mm. Okay, that's, that's great because advice. The danger, mm. the danger is, well, not the danger, but the trouble with most times when we cut our hair short we tend not to take care of it very much you know we just wash it probably mm. every day and leave it whereas we don't understand the fact that your short hair will eventually be the tips of your long mm. Mm. so it would be the it be the oldest part of your hair and if that older part of your hair wasn't really taken care of when it was still shorter or younger it will break sooner than it should. You know, hair has a, you know, your hair, one hair has a lifespan of about three to seven years, depending on how long, how well sure. you take care of it. So if you take care of your hair very well from when it's short and, you know, you moisturize it, you detangle it, you know, you don't pull it, it has the potential to grow for, for seven years. So even black hair can grow long if we take care of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, I am absolutely being schooled this evening, absolutely being schooled. So we're going to take a break in Dombi and we're going to continue the conversation in a bit. Um, I think in the next bit, I really want us to get more into the, the business side of things and talk about some of the challenges that you experience and perhaps even some more advice that you might have for individuals that are wanting to follow this path. But let's take a break. 702 SMS Night Talk on 31. 702. Time is 9.42 and we're still talking to Ndombe Ntlekatwane. She is the founder of Afro Botanics. So we've been talking about natural hair care and we've been talking specifically about some of the products um, that uh, Afro Botanics offers and also talking about Ndombe's journey in, in becoming a businesswoman and running her own natural um, hair care and beauty care pro- um, you know, business or, or company. So, I mean, there are quite a few SMSs here, Ndombe. So perhaps before we, you know, I continue with the questions that I had I just wanted to read some of those SMSs And ask you the questions So one question here says uh, Ntombi, do your products also promote hair growth? Um, yes, we have I mean, we have a, a product called Super Hair Growth Butter um, And it contains in it An ingredient called Procopil Which is a product uh, An ingredient we buy from Switzerland Which is um, to help promote hair growth um, and, you know, 
get your hair as full as it can be. But mm-hmm. it's not a, a miracle ingredient because your hair can't grow faster than it's meant to be. Hair only grows as about uh, half an inch a, year, a, a, a month. Mm. Um, but it does give you the healthiest um, hair growth that you possibly can have, especially considering the kind of stresses we live in, mm. the environment, um, you know, your own personal issues and the fact that we don't eat as well as we used to. So, yeah, yeah our, our super hair growth matter is the best seller in our range. Okay. So, super, super hair growth, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and then another question here saying, um, what causes hair to grow unevenly? How do I solve this problem without starting over? I've come so far. I feel your pain, sister. I feel your pain. <laughs> uh, you know, it's different things. Sometimes, for instance, at the back, a lot of people will say that the hair at the back doesn't grow so well. So you either look at how you sleep, your habits, you know, whether you sleep on your back a lot or you look at the clothing that you wear does it rub a lot you know rub your head the back of your head a lot um but also it's got to do with stuff like um let's say you've got braids in and you don't moisturize your braids as often as you should or when you're taking them off your hair is so tangled that Mm. you pull out a lot of the hair sometimes when you unbraid it so it's a lot of reasons it depends on your habits you just have to keep track of your habits and See where you go wrong, but it's not mm. hair doesn't grow unevenly. Hair grows the same, and ah, it's just how okay. you take care of it that yeah. makes it uneven. Okay, so there you have it. Hey guys, it's a struggle here. Hey? Our hair's a struggle, but it's, I think it's also quite a beautiful process because, you know, the more you, you get into it and the more you see results, the more excited you get. I remember before I did my current braids, um, you know, I'd blown my well not blown it out but combed it out um and i was so happy to see that you know my crown was progressing nicely but i also find that the hair in front is longer than the head the back so that we're gonna have to (laughs) figure that one out (laughs) um okay so going on to you know more of the the business side of things um i'm interested to hear from you sort of along the way what were some of the the challenges that you encountered in setting up afro botanics and i asked this question because obviously setting up a business is not easy but i mean you mentioned that there was quite a few things you had to sacrifice such as using your pension money which um if i ever meet you in person i might you know give you a slap on the hand for that because i work in you know by day also do some work with financial services and it's just like when people touch their pensions i get so emotional because why 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 but any case that's not the point point is tell us some of the challenges that you face some of the sacrifices that you had to make um you know to build up to the point that you're at now yeah, so you know, I also didn't want to touch my pension, but at the end of the day, there really is very little financing for mm. a startup business. As much as they say there's a lot of startup um, financing, there really isn't if you haven't proven a business case. Um, so it took me a while, first of all, to figure the business model I wanted to follow. Because mm. I knew, first of all, I wanted to be a national brand. I wanted to be an international brand. Um, but now, how to get there? So I made the decision, and that's what informed my decision to move from Nelspray to Joburg, that I wanted mm. to get into national retailers. Mm. National retailers do not want to do business with brands that aren't known and with yeah. small businesses. So it was very difficult for me to get the, business, the brand into... Um, a retailer. It took me many years. 
And to do that, I had to grow um, and show that, first of all, there's a market for natural products. There's a market for natural hair and that my brand is something people will go into store to buy. Um, so, you know, you could start off by going into salons, but my, my product isn't a salon product because mm. it's not a relaxer. So yeah. salons can only sell it as an aftercare product. And salons in South Africa generally, at the time when I was starting out especially, hated natural hair. They always tried to get people to relax their hair. So mm. going to salon routes to grow the business wasn't an option but also going the salon route is very expensive because in this country you have over 23,000 salons so how do you cover all of those um secondly our business is very educational based so we need to educate people about the mm. science of their hair um so i just didn't have the capacity to do that then there's another model that I could that i did look at which is the avon model where you get people mm. to style for you, whatever. I just didn't have the capacity to do that either, you know, because it's also all about money. So what I did was focus on an online store and use social media to educate people, use free PR to get the product known, um, you know, get it placed in magazines like Destiny Magazine, True Love Magazine, Drum, and slowly but surely, you know, get bloggers to review the product and slowly but surely my brand grew and eventually Game was the first one to decide to mm. list the product. And even then, they told me that if your product doesn't sell within three months, we're going to take it off the sure. shelf. Wow. Um, when I decided to approach um, Pearl Tusi to work with us mm. to to be sort of like our ambassador to help promote and bring visibility to the brand. And by the time we got into shelf on at Game, um, other retailers were already interested because the brand has been doing so well and selling so well. Wow. Um, yeah, so, you know, you've got to start, first of all, decide on your business model. Um, don't do too many things at the same time. You can't do salon or end retail at the same time um, mm-hmm. when you've got limited resources. And our whole point, our whole end game was to build it to a point that it makes business sense to go to the IDC and get the kind of funding that right. we want. And we're currently busy with the IDC now, and they're interested in giving us the kind of funding that we want. Mm -hmm. And we'll be able now to grow and scale the business and have the marketing support that it requires to really, really make it blow up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being in pick and pay now and being in game makes it easier as well to get into other African countries. So in the next few months, we'll be in Tanzania, Kenya, Ghana, Nigeria. Um, Mm -hmm. We're already in Swaziland, Zimbabwe, Botswana and Namibia and you're already doing well there um, so yeah you know you first have challenges when you're starting out and then you have challenges when you're scaling the business because mm. both of those um, both of those um, you know what do you call them phases in your business require a cash injection and yeah. it's not easy to get that cash injection but yeah, yeah, yeah. keep that that yeah, no, that, I mean, that's, that's, it's really cool t- that, you know, you, you obviously did have to look at all those different models and you already answered my question because I wanted to ask you specifically why you decided on the online, um, the online store model, um, as opposed to something else, but you've covered that already. So I, f- I think that that's quite fascinating. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the way in which, uh, you know, people can support you. So for sure, you've got your approaches to the IDC and, you know, other retailers 
to to get you out there. Um, but just sort of on an individual level, what is the way that you feel best for people to support you and support your product? Because I think ultimately, I love what you said that your business is not just about selling hair care products. It's also about educating people about the science behind their hairs and their the hair and their bodies, which which for me, I think is that is the social good in that because there's so much uh, value to that. So how can we support you further? Well, you know, I'm, I believe in the whole buy black movement. Mm. I'm not a, I, I don't shout it out because I don't think South Africans are really into that yet. But, you know, we need to understand that at the end of the day, if you're buying an American product, that money is going back to the States. It's mm. not multiplying and creating jobs in South Africa. So one of the other things we've decided to do is to have a CSI arm to our business where we're going to assist a community back in Pumalanga to start um, harvesting aloe into aloe vera juice and aloe vera gel, which we use, we should buy from them to use in our products and then also help them to sell as a cosmetics company um, as a way of showing that if you buy a South African product, it goes so much further in terms of right. how it's it develops the economy and so forth. But also what we've done as well with our products, especially the ones that are currently at clicks, is that we've named each and every, each, each one after an African queen. Um, mm-hmm. In a way, helping people to see that we've always been amazing. We've always been great as African women. And what we'll be doing soon, probably next week, is adding to the website to explain what each queen did and why they're great and mm. also honoring the greatness in ourselves because we've never only just seen ourselves as a brand that just wants to sell and make money. We want to make a difference. We want to um, empower women so that if we are empowered, we can do so much better as a continent um, because our destinies are interlinked. So we've got mm. the support. Mm. Sure. That's yeah. very, very cool. Very, very cool. So in Dombi, I mean, mm, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an example, if you go to the States, um, any beauty store there, almost every, the shelves where they have the black hair care, almost every pro- product on that shelf now is owned by a black person. Mm-hmm. From your brands like Shea Moisture, Carol's Daughter, Miss Jessie's, Miss Jackie's. But if you come to our shelves, look at our shelves. Um, for instance, at, 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 um, at Clicks, Afrobotanics in the natural segment, we're the only ones that are South African black owned. Yeah. And we need to change that. Um, we need to create as, as, as we're the first ones to be on shelf and we want to make sure that more brands, more South African brands get on that shelf. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Tommy, it's so good that you raised that because I remember actually going to the store one week when I first decided to transition about two, three months in, going to the store because in Cape Town, I was now looking for shea butter because now I was told the great answer to my hair is shea yeah. butter and coconut oil. And I went and I traversed. I can't tell you how many malls I went to or how many like normal retailers I went to. And when you go to the hair care aisle, you do not find hair hair products that cater to natural hair. So you'll find some mixtures. So like you'll find 
hair food that maybe has some shea butter or you'll find um you know these oils that have some argan oil whatever but it's not you know it's not the raw thing man that you you know that thing that you're looking for and i remember being so frustrated because i was like if you don't have it on your shelves, people are also not going to demand it more because, well, it's not there, right? So it be, you realize it's not a, a viable option. So I'm really glad to hear that you guys are taking this very different and interesting approach, which is not just to market your products as they are, but also to market them, you know, in terms of, of um, you know, African beauty as well. So that's very, very cool. Um, in wrapping up, and Tombi, I, I want to ask you, um, just in terms of your two favorite songs, perhaps your two favorite African Queen songs, um, we would like to know sort of what is the music that inspires you? What is your fa- feel, you know, favorite feel good, uh, songs? We'd like to hear that because we're going to poll it to our listeners, um, in the second bit of the last bit of the show and get them to vote. And that's the song we're going to play heading out. Um, I love. Both Brenda Fassi and um, Lebo Matosa, um, in terms of, I love the fact that music was high tempo because, as as an entrepreneur who's constantly stressed, you need music that's gonna put you in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like their high tempo music, and I love that they were bold and fearless, and you know, charting a new path. In the entertainment industry, so yeah, those are my two go-to ladies. And any favorite songs specifically from them, off the top of uh, your head? Yes. So with Brenda, um, oh my God, it could be Indaba Istres, it could be Promises, <laughs> even Zola Bad. I used to love. Um, yeah. So let's go with Indaba Istres. Okay. From cool. And then and with Lebo. Mm. Um. I like quite a few, but I'm going to choose one of her Boom Shaka songs. I'm going to go with um, Tobela. Tobela, yeah. There we go. Okay. Cool. Got it. So we're going to poll this to our listeners um, in the next bit. Um, and then you can listen to hear what we decide to play towards the end. But Ndombi, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Very insightful. There's actually a tweet here saying uh, from Paula Kamata saying, the way I'm getting so excited to hear about these products, can't wait to get my hands on them. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great evening. So if you're interested in getting in touch uh, with Afro Botanics, you can visit www.afro-botanics.com. Um, and that's the, the, the website you can visit to access their products. That was in Dombentle Katwane, a South African who's definitely doing great things. Let's take a break.